It's the Americhicks with Molly Boats and Kim Monson. The most important stories. They are like this newfound, off-hinged part of the left. Even Chuck Schumer's pushing back on. The latest in politics and world affairs. The buck is stopping with Trump. The different administrations prior to him have been kicking the can down the road on a number of issues. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. The heart of this is, is the U.S. Constitution a progressive document? Or is it something that should be looked at as an original document? It's the Americhicks. Molly and Kim. Because face it, ideas matter. Because ideas matter. Oh boy, do ideas matter. Hi, this is Kim Munson. Welcome to the AmeriChicks. Molly is out for the week. We dissect issues, uh, news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. We're going to have a conversation today about the government shutdown and the border wall and immigration. So it's going to be a great conversation. That's the first two segments. Segments three and four. We'll be talking with David McDonald. He is an attorney with Mountain States Legal Foundation regarding the American Humanist Society is, as many of you know, has been suing to take down crosses from memorials throughout America. And they've been uh, working on one in Maryland. That that case is actually going all the way to the Supreme Court. So we'll talk with David about that, as well as what that might mean for a memorial uh, to World War I uh, veterans in Taos, New Mexico. So it will be a big show today. Uh, wanted to let you know, when we talk about ideas and ideas matter, uh, the founders of America realized that. Uh, and so, of course, they declared their uh, our, their independence from the most powerful country in the world at that time. And then they put together the Constitution to make sure that we would have a limited government. Uh, but that Constitution needed to be ratified. And uh, in order to do that, they needed to make the case. They needed to, s- to sell the idea so that people understood what it is. And th- uh, basically, Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, and to some degree, John Jay, all came together and wrote the Federalist Papers. And we are thrilled that we will be partnering with the team uh, with Dr. Tom Cranawitter, uh, who he is an expert on the Federalist Papers, the founding Lincoln. And we're having a Federalist Papers book club. So, Steve, what do you think about that? Well, I've I've just been tagging along and and listening to you guys put this together. Uh, Last time um, Dr. Cranawitter was here, especially, I guess, for the Thanksgiving thing that we did with him and Abraham Lincoln. And uh, it's fascinating to see something so grassroots start to, you know, take sprout. And, uh, you know, obviously from what you're getting is that there's a a huge response to this, and uh, you're expecting pretty much a full house. Uh, I do think that we're going to have a full house. So if you are contemplating, I know I've talked to many of my friends that have said, oh, yes, I want to do that. Well, you need to sign up because we have a limited, we have limited space. Uh, the cost is $20 per, um, per lecture, basically. We will be starting on January 28th. It will be the fourth Monday of each month. However, we may have to take a look at May because that may be Memorial Day, but we'll get that all worked out and let you know about that. Uh, you can you can buy the complete subscription for the whole year for $240. That assures your spot, and then you get some really cool uh, things along with that, like a wine charm and your own name badge. And you need to make sure that you sign up because depending on our numbers, as of last night, we were very possibly almost 65% committed with paid reservations. So if you are interested, get that done. So you can go to our website, AmeriChicks.com. 
And uh, there is the link there, and uh, be sure and sign up. And we are also the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. It's going to be a fabulous event, so be sure and sign up. Steve, I thought we have such uh, uh, the subjects that we we bite off are so serious that I think it would be good if we always had something that might be a little humorous. So I wanted to I wanted to give you a little story. How does that sound? Well, before you do that story, and we'll we'll do this probably somewhere later where something lighter is needed. Our good friend Matt from our sister station KLTT read me a mock letter from Queen Elizabeth saying we're taking back your uh, we're taking back the you know the United States and here's why and in terms of levity and good intellectual wit we need to do it okay let's do that so uh, so but now you're you know yeah get that from Matt and maybe we can do that tomorrow morning or tomorrow that'll be great but uh, an aspiring politician was attending an interview And the interviewer asked, if people in a place are suffering from severe drought and they are thirsty, what would you do? And the politician said, well, I will provide them with water. The interviewer asked, what if there is no water to offer? And the politician said, then I will make a promise that I will provide them with water. And I think that's very apropos as Congress has uh, just got back and gotten back into session and, uh, of course, uh, the state legislature right here in Colorado. So let's let's jump in. Uh, the t- one of, really the two big headlines right now that I see is the government shutdown and immigration, the border wall. And um, interestingly enough, I, I have this friend who likes to have conversations about this via text. And so at nine fifty on Friday night, I received a text. And let me uh, just let you know, it it comes in, and there is a global news link. It says, Trump's wall would be a waste of money. Uh, Was going through the airport security. TS workers are not getting paid. They cannot sustain themselves working for free. Morale there is down. Mistakes will be made. Bad idea to partially shut down the government. Innocent people are being impacted. Uh, Trump doesn't really care about Americans. This whole situation is bull. Well, I didn't respond. I thought I'd wait until the next morning when I had had some some rest on that because there was a lot to bite off on that. Uh, First of all, the uh, assertion that uh, Trump's wall would be a waste of money. Uh, We are seeing that uh, the Obamas, when they um, moved into their new place in Washington, D.C., they erected a 10-foot fence. Nancy Pelosi lives behind a uh, a, a walled uh, community. And so apparently fences do matter. Uh, so anyway, I didn't respond. And the next, uh, the next morning then, there was another report, and it says, this is terrible, it's a form of genocide. At that point, I had, had posted something, I believe, on Friday. Uh, we've talked about this many times. The L.A. Times in 2015 had written a piece talking about the subsidies that Elon Musk had gotten. And Steve, in 2015... Elon Musk had gotten $4.9 billion in government subsidies. That's pretty darn close to what a wall would cost. And a lot of that money was um, frittered away. Uh, he was, uh, Solyndra was one of the places where that money went. Uh, and, and actually, that might have even been extra above Elon Musk's subsidies. Uh, and that, uh, Solyndra went, went belly up. And so politicians and bureaucrats and special interests have been frittering money away and Donald Trump, I, this has become a very political issue, but we need to, to make a visual stand and fund the southern border wall. You have a thought? 
Well, they crack me up with the way they play with these numbers. Uh, $5 billion is, is, is too much. But uh, I think if the figures are correct, we spend $122 billion in trying to provide daily necessities. In other words, supporting these people who are here illegally. So, I mean, is, is it a no-brainer? It, it seems to be that there is a no-brainer. So I responded back on, with Elon Musk that we had given him five, almost $5 billion in government subsidies. Then the next comment back from my friend was, tunnels are below the border. No wall can stop tunnel travel. And I said, well, we need to address tunnels too. But that is a different issue. And what I'm seeing is there's not really intellectual honesty in looking at these conversations. But I'm trying to help you, our listeners, go through this because I know that you have conversations with friends and family like this as well. So the response back was, well, good luck. So I said, just because someone can come through my basement window doesn't mean I should lock my front door, right? Exactly. Okay. And then my, my friend said, there are ball, walls along the border already. There, nothing can be improved. And then said, affecting natural migration of the wildlife there, nobody cares about that. And I'm like, wow. So now we're over on the natural migration of animals. And, and that's a tough one to try to, <laughs> to try to come back on. Because I, I think as, as a Christian, I truly believe that we need to be good stewards of all that is on this earth. But one of the first things that we need to do is we need to make sure that we keep our families and our children safe. And I think that we can address the natural migration of animals. Quite frankly, they typically are pretty adaptable, Steve. Yeah, and it goes also back to the other uh, analogy that you use. Put your oxygen mask on first before, you know, wanting to try to help someone else. And, you know, in terms of being responsible, there's a logical sequence of how you be responsible. What, what's your first priority? What's your second priority? And, and on down the line. Well, absolutely. And so then I responded back because of the comment regarding the natural migration of wildlife, which I do care about. But again, we have to look at priorities and, and make sure we take care of A, B, C. I said there are a lot of folks who don't seem to care at all about the five-month-old baby of 33-year-old police officer and legal immigrant Renil Singh, who, while making a routine traffic stop in California, was killed by an illegal alien. Now, I care that we are to be good stewards of wildlife, but there's got to be a way to protect our citizens and help with challenges that animals have in migration. Animals are very adaptable. Okay, the response back was, use technology to protect our borders. Walls are a huge waste of money. I then did a little bit of research, and the Daily Mail had an article that said there are 65 countries that have erected fences at their borders. I agree, we should use technology. However... I don't not lock my doors when I get a security system or a ring video doorbell. All right? <laughs> right. So then my, my uh, friend said, well, they have been spraying all of us with chemtrails from airplanes and spending $500 billion on that. And, and you know, I, I wasn't quite sure how to respond on that, but I said, wait, shouldn't we want to protect our citizens on all fronts? And uh, then I, I, um, she sent a picture of chemtrail or of um, the contrails from airplanes. I sent back uh, the link for Renil Singh's memorial service. She said both are crimes, and I said I think we agree. Let's secure our border, 
and build a fence, protect our citizens, and quit subsidizing goofy stuff like Elon Musk and chemtrails. So um, we're going to need to go to break, but I want to continue because this conversation went on. Because I think all of you have somebody in your life that you're having this kind of conversation with, and we need to get our brains around that. But before we do that, on a lighter note, the NFL playoffs. Uh, It was wild card weekend, and on Saturday, the Colts ousted the Texans and the Cowboys. Everybody down in Dallas is going to be excited because, uh, oops, I have it wrong. The Cowboys eked by whoever they were playing. Then the Chargers beat the Ravens, and the Eagles beat the Bears. So who moves on? Who goes home? That's always the question. But the bigger question is, where will you watch the games? Well, Hooters, of course. Hooters is your game day headquarters, so you can watch the NFL playoffs and the big game at Hooters. They always have special Steve, starting at $10 for a draft and 10 boneless wings. And if you come into any Hooters during the uh, big game, you can enter to win a brand new 55-inch 4K HDR TV. I'm pretty sure my family would love it if I won that. And did you know that Hooters wings can fly? You can have Hooters wings delivered right to your doorstep. So try their new smoked wings. They are delicious and half the calories. I'm going to have them on Wednesday night with a bunch of my girlfriends. So order your Hooters to go or have them delivered right to your front door. More info, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. For more information, let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. We'll be right back talking about the government shutdown and the border wall. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you'd like to support the work of the AmeriChicks and grow your business, contact them at AmeriChicks.com. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick, accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financing options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure you are making the right financing choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And now, Kim is helping guys, too, with well-priced, made-to-measure shirts, pants, and jackets that fit a busy guy's lifestyle. Guys or gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks. I'm Kim Munson. Molly is out for the week. We are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. We've got to have these conversations. And be sure and check out our website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for our emails there. And we are the AmeriChicks, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and uh, just a quick note, our Vino and Veritas event with Dr. Tom Witter going through the Federalist Papers. Go to our website and sign up. Uh, we are having a very brisk a uh, group of reservations coming in, and you don't want to not have a spot, or you do want to have a spot. i got to watch my double negatives there, Steve. So uh, going through a, a kind of a, a text back and forth that I had with a friend this weekend, we all have people in our lives 
that we care deeply about that sometimes we almost feel feel blindsided with uh, you know a particular issue. But we've got two really really important issues uh, in America right now, and and they're interrelated, obviously. And that is the border wall and the government shutdown. And so my my friend, if you missed the the first segment, you're going to want to go back and hear that because I've been giving the back and forth on what happened. But it, it started off with uh, that basically the border wall made no sense, and uh, this this is just really really bad policy. I I, I don't want to go back and lose my spot in this whole text trail here. So I've responded back regarding, yes, we need to secure our border, we need to build a fence, we need to protect our citizens, we need to quit subsidizing goofy stuff like Elon Musk uh, and chemtrails, if in fact that is true. And uh, she responded back, crime rate will increase greatly when people are hungry and desperate trying to feed themselves and their families. Don't Don't shut the government down until this is accomplished. Now, wait a minute. Did you see the jobs numbers, Steve, on Friday? Almost twice the forecasted amount, a number of jobs. Uh, It's astounding. So that is one of the best ways to help people have dignity and to fight hunger is to have a job. And this Trump economy is raising all people up. Um, My understanding is, is that Hispanic and black unemployment is at historic lows. If I were a leader in the Hispanic or black community, I would be heralding this. But what you're seeing is so many of these leaders in these particular groups where they have been successful in defining people as groups, uh, they see that their power may be pulled away if, in fact, everyday individuals in their groups are succeeding. And so the best way that we can fight uh, hunger is to give people a job. So I did ask, I said, where is the data to support this claim? I think the crime rate goes up when our police officers are killed and can no longer serve us, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then the next thing, uh, food assistance to the needy is on hold. Many disabled veterans depend on this assistance. And I know there are not, and I responded, there are nonprofit food banks that people can access. If you know of veterans, all of you out there, if you know of veterans who are going hungry, let me know. And we will start a food drive. Her response was, have heard the supply is unpredictable and undependable most weeks. Lots of rotten or overripe food on shelves. Our veterans and disabled deserved better. Many elderly cannot work due to health problems. What about them? Should they be denied the opportunity to eat every day? And I responded, if that is the case, then we as citizens need to step up. Let me know where this is. All of you out there, if this is occurring, let me know. As an opinion journalist, I will go and check it out. And if true, with our partnership, we will start food drives, and I will promote it right here on the air. And she said, it's up in Evergreen. I don't know the name. I said, if you get the name and location, I'll make a trip to check it out. Do you want to go with me? She said, not all food pantries are well-stocked. Just depends on what's donated. And then uh, she's been out of town and she needs to get back. She's an entrepreneur uh, and she needs to get back to work. And I said, I totally understand. Uh, If you'll get the location, I'll go find out where it is. And uh, I've not gotten the location. Let me just say it that way. Um, Then I responded uh, that Schumer and Pelosi, all they need to do is to designate $5 billion for the Southern Wall. And then she said, aren't they obligated to have the country's best interest in mind? They are all in public office. 
And I agreed. And then she indicated that all politicians are self-serving, kind of a derogatory thing. And I said, well, I said, even though that's derogatory, your description is probably right on with Pelosi and Schumer. Uh, And then this whole self-serving thing, once you finally make the case that the Trump's policies actually are helping everyday people, I've had this happen to me numerous times, Steve. Then there's the, the comment that, oh, they're just all the same. And I have to push back. They are not all the same. When you look at Trump's policies, we went through them on Friday morning with uh, Bob Duco's list regarding you know, lower taxes, lower unemployment across the board, new manufacturing jobs. Last night I saw a, a report that manufacturing jobs – Trump has created over four, well, the Trump economy, Trump is not, the Trump economy has created over 400,000 manufacturing jobs in two years. In eight years under the Obama administration, we lost over 200,000 jobs. Now you tell me, you know, who cares about everyday hardworking American people? How about energy prices? How about, I filled up yesterday $1.97. Can you believe it? Yep. Yep, yep. And and I was thinking about that, Steve, as I was filling my car up, that I remember when it was three, almost four dollars a gallon. I mean, that really hurt my pocketbook. So all of these things in the Trump economy are helping everyday people. But all these things, again, this uh, this text engagement with your friend, there's it's almost like this, that old adage. Uh, I have my opinion. Don't confuse me with facts. <laughs> Maybe that's true. We have to have this conversation that this was good practice, and she really does keep me on my toes. Uh, So then I responded back when she said that they're all the same. I said, listen to the second segment of our show from Friday. We highlighted many of the things that that Trump has done for everyday hardworking Americans. Pelosi and Schumer have been in Washington for a long time. They like the power instead of solving problems. Uh, you've been concerned, my friends, about the chemtrail issue for a long time. If the, if that's the case, the, they've been in Washington for a long time. It seems like there is a correlation between that and, and people trying to get things done. So she said, okay, I'll listen to the show. And we agreed that we both care a lot. And then she says, lots of food gets thrown away every day. Walmart is a huge non-contributor to worthy causes. Shame on them. I'm like, okay, so we're going to go down the whole Walmart route. Now, Walmart, in fact... Uh, is very efficient in uh, how they distribute their their products for, for sale. And they have very good prices. And lower prices where people go and buy their goods and services actually helps the poor. Wouldn't you say, Steve? Absolutely. Absolutely. So she sent a, a YouTube video of a guy that was out back purportedly of a Walmart with all of this this food that was going to be thrown away. And I said, you know what, I need to I need to check on that because I think there's a lot of government regulations that won't let different uh, businesses give food to, quote unquote, needy people. That's because of regulations. And perhaps if we care about that, instead of standing out back of a store and implying they don't go after Costco or any of the other other stores, they go after Walmart. Um but if that is the case, then how about if we we come together and figure out a way to get rid of those regulations if, in fact, that food really could help people? And then I said, I don't have time to watch the whole uh, the whole YouTube video. I mean, Steve, you can have yourself, uh, you know, watching YouTube videos all day long and not getting anything done. I said, I just need the cliff notes. 
And uh, so anyway, we're getting to, we may have to go through the balance of this text back and forth uh, tomorrow because we're getting to a point where we're, we're going to need to take a break. And we've got David McDonald that will be joining us in the third segment. But I'm just going to give you a quick uh, response to, to three things that I, I think are important. One, I heard last night that because the government is shut down, that we will not be able to use E-Verify or employers will not be able to use E-Verify uh, as their hiring employees. Uh, certainly, um, you know, that's important. However, we, I recently was talking with someone who's involved in a nonprofit and he had mentioned that uh, he knew of a family. There were four children, four uh, young adults, and uh, one of them is really getting their act together. The other three are either living on public assistance, are in rehab, or incarcerated. Uh, their mother is an illegal alien, and she has gone back to Mexico. And I wanted to, to just ask all of you, if we are so concerned about E-Verify for employers... How about e-verify for people that are on public assistance? I think that we maybe need to do that as well. The other two issues that uh, she brought up is, uh, or that is being brought up, is is trash and safety at airports. Uh, In fact, each of us as Americans, if we know that the government is shut down and they're not going to be picking up trash, how about we just take our trash home and make sure that we throw it away at home? And uh, maybe we're going to need to start a a group of us to to go out and and clean up our streets a bit until we get through this, because this issue is so important that I believe President Trump cannot back down on it. The other thing, Steve, and uh, I I think I want to ask Jason McBride about this as well with presidential wealth management, and that is is this premise that TSA workers, that that in fact, that uh, airports are going to be less safe, airplanes are going to be less safe because we're not checking on who's getting onto the airplane. Well, if we're concerned about who gets onto the airplane, shouldn't we be concerned about who comes across our border? Right? Doesn't that seem like that makes sense, Steve? Absolutely. I mean, we, we can, I don't know, we try to make apples to, and oranges conversations when it's just apples and apples. It's really not, there's no distinction, really. But we've got to get our brains around the, the message on this, and that's why this is such a, a great a great conversation to have. So, But to actually change gears just a little bit, because the market, the economy, all of that is so important to people. And uh, it's been a wild roller coaster. And Jason McBride, uh, every time the market gets into trouble, we start seeing ads or promos uh, that say you should not get out of the market because you'll end up missing the very best days. What do you think? Well, I think uh, those are a real hoot. They sound real good and scary to me. <laughs> a hoot, really. Uh, when I see these, they show how we'll make way less over the long run just by missing a few of the days. Who wouldn't be scared? And, and scaring people is certainly a tactic because people respond to fear, being scared, it's emotional. But uh, you sound unconvinced. What gives? Well, I am unconvinced. Let me uh, give you a couple of uh, statistics here, Kim. Uh, If we look at the 40 worst days in the market uh, between 1982 right up until the beginning of this year, uh, yeah, you got some big ones, the crash in 87 down 22%. Uh, a couple others that are in the high sevens, eight, all the way down to, uh, you know, 3.9%. But it probably wouldn't surprise you much to hear that nine out of ten 
of the worst days we've ever had in the market have happened during like brutal market corrections or just flat out bear markets, right? That's not a surprise, is it? No, not at all. So go go ahead. Yeah. Well, if we look at the 40 best days we've ever had in the market, uh, you know, up 11, up, you know, they're spread out as well. Here's what most people would find shocking, that eight out of the 10 best days happened also during horrible market corrections or terrible bear markets. Wow. Now, that is interesting. So if you want to continue you know, about doubling a penny, compounding, all that. I mean, what are you recommending? What do you think people should be doing, Jason? Well, I think the thing is, is, is to understand that, you know, if you're uh, having the, the horrible experience of missing all the best days in the market, because they happen during these terrible bear markets, guess what? You're also missing all of the worst days, too. And I, I think trying to say that there would be some way that you're only, what this is illustrating is only missing those very best days, Kim. So somehow you'd have to be unlucky enough to be in the market on every other single day except just those best days. So over the last uh, 30, almost 40 years, on 40 different occasions, you would have had been either dumb enough or just plain unlucky enough to get out of the market just for that one best day and then get back in uh, for all the other days and be able to be unlucky enough to do that precisely 40 times. That's what these ads are trying to scare you out of doing. Do you know anybody that is that unlucky? Well, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not. And I don't either. Ho- so, hopefully not. So, I, this I guess is what I would recommend on these is not to do anything. There may be reasonable uh, reasons that you would stay in the market even when, you know, it's acting poorly. But but don't let yourself be convinced or scared into making a decision to stay in because you're afraid you're going to miss the best days. Because I think the numbers on these, the way they're presented, are very, very misleading. Well, and I think there's also that gut check, uh, Jason, that never make your your financial decisions out of fear. You need to have a, a, a reasonable plan and, and kind of need to understand your risk tolerance that is individual to you. So, Jason, this is a really interesting. You come up with the most interesting data. I can't wait to hear what we're going to talk about tomorrow. So, Jason uh, McBride, Presidential Wealth Management. Check out chickspresidential.com, chickspresidential.com. And Jason's phone number is 303-694-1600. I can't wait to hear what the nuggets of information are going to be tomorrow, Jason. Well, you said you're going to ask me about the TSA. Workers. Oh, that's are they, right. Are they not working? Uh, I guess they're the implication is that they're they're working, but they're not being paid. Hence, if they're not being paid, the implication is that they won't do a good job. And wow. uh, as you heard, as I was thinking about it, it's like so we would be worried about who gets on airplanes, but we're not worried about who comes across the border. It seems like we should be worried about both. Your quick comment on that. Well, I was going to say I might actually take a trip if I don't have to put up with all of that. (laughs) You know, it'd be a small step towards making air travel tolerable again. Oh, my Uh, gosh. You know, I made up a new motto for all the airlines recently, and none of them wanted to use it. Uh, I said, you guys should just have a motto that says, we're not happy, 
until you're not happy. <laughs> I can, I can no, And they didn't want to use that one, huh, no, Jason? No, no, no one would take me up on it. <laughs> that that's great. So, okay, you can keep those keep those nuggets of wisdom coming, Jason. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> okay, bye bye. We're not happy until you're not happy. Oh my gosh. Well, um, <laughs> we're going to talk with David McDonald with um, uh, Mountain States Legal Foundation on a very serious note on. Some Something that could make me happy is if, um, if in fact, uh, the Supreme Court case regarding keeping uh, uh, crosses as at memorials for our World War One uh, veterans and World War Two veterans, if we can continue to have that. Now, that would make me happy. So when we come back, we'll talk with David McDonald. This is the Americhicks. I'm Kim Munson. Uh, we'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine recently celebrated 30 years with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. The Americhicks, Molly and Kim, know Karen Levine personally and cannot recommend her highly enough. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. 303-877-7516. Hi, this is the Americhicks Molly and Kim. Social media is important to us since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at Ameritix Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the Ameritix radio show. Contact us at Ameritix.com or email molly at Ameritix.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website, AmeriChicks.com. That is where we are on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for our emails. And also, you will want to sign up for our great event that we will be doing on January 28th, Vino and Veritas, the study of the Federalist Papers, with Dr. Tom Cranawitter. We have on the line with us uh, David McDonald. He is an attorney with Mountain States Legal Foundation. Mountain States Legal Foundation does tremendous work in uh, make, working to make sure that they protect the rights of individuals. And uh, David McDonald, welcome to the Americhicks. Hi, thanks for having me. There's a really important case that is going to be heard at the Supreme Court rego- regarding crosses at World War I memorials. And uh, set this up a little bit for us. What is the Supreme Court case exactly, David? So the Supreme Court case, uh, that's currently pending will be argued on February 27th is the American Legion versus the American Humanist Association. Now, what the case is about is there's a 40-foot-tall uh, concrete cross memorial in Bladensburg, Maryland, sort of a, a suburb of D.C. It was erected in 1925 to honor the 49 soldiers from the local area who died in the First World War uh, by both the war mothers and then when they couldn't uh, come up with the financing. They were helped out by the American Legion. Now, the American Humanist Association uh, challenged the the monument recently in 2014, saying it violated the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment. Uh, they're claiming that this is a, an endorsement of religion by the state and that it, it violates the First Amendment rights, the wall of separation, so-called wall of separation, mm-hmm. between church and state. 
Um, yeah, so that's that's a case that's currently being argued for the Supreme Court uh, later <clears throat> this uh, later this year. Well, it's going to be fascinating, and I know it's difficult to get into the weeds regarding the establishment clause. But you just said two words that are are different uh, in the Constitution. It it says that that basically uh, the government cannot establish a religion. However, it sounds like the case that the American humanists have brought forward regarding this cross at Bladensburg is uh, that they're saying that government is endorsing a a religion. Those are two different words, establishment and endorsing, just right off the bat, at least from what I can see. Exactly. That's 100 percent right. And that's sort of the basic argument that we made in our brief. Um, The fact of the matter is the, the text of the First Amendment says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. And the fact is, the Constitution means what it says. Uh, that, that establishment clause is not about uh, whether there is a, a, a vague endorsement or what the Supreme Court has said, uh, an entanglement. Uh, those are all later inventions of the 20th century that really have almost no bearing in the actual text or context of the, of the First Amendment. Okay, well, okay, then I want to ask one other question, kind of maybe a little bit off the rails. But when Justice Scalia uh, was in town several years ago before his death, uh, I I asked him this question. I said, if, in fact, uh, Congress is to make no laws establishing a religion or if government is not to establish a religion, and Mm -hmm. if we take a, a look at the definition of religion as a belief system, and the American humanists believe in nothing, and so they want uh, want nothing. Uh, they they don't want the cross. They want nothing. Is that not, in a way, establishing a religion? I know that's kind of a, a circular question, but I wanted to hear what you had to say about that. Well, if you do take this sort of modern uh, version, let's call it that, of the First Amendment, I think you could definitely make that argument. Uh, what we're arguing, actually, is a little bit different from that, which is that you have to look at the First Amendment in the context in which it was written. The founding generation weren't concerned about whether a football team can have a prayer in the locker room or whether uh, grieving mothers can erect a cross to memorialize their son's sacrifices. They were concerned about the Church of England. They just fought a seven-year-long war against a tyrannical government that exerted its authority, at least in part, through that church hierarchy. So what they were very concerned about was the very real establishment of religion, meaning the forceful exaction of tithes from unwilling dissenters. And while there's the evidence about whether the Church of England was sort of a fifth column is kind of out there, but... That was definitely a concern that the founders had, is you have uh, the state-backed religion, which uh, really harms both civic government and religion. Okay, another question then that we hadn't really talked about. But but that is, is I, I believe that there are religions, belief systems, in 2019 America that are being pushed forth. And what comes to mind with me is is Jack Phillips and the Masterpiece Cake Shop case, where government is coming in and saying, if you don't affirm, if you don't believe 
what we are saying, which uh, the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, if you do not believe that, then we are going to stop you from uh, pursuing your happiness, from 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 the job that you have. And I know that many people have looked at the Masterpiece Cake Shop as a freedom of religion um, uh, uh, question. I really see that. I see that there, but I also see it as a property rights. And I guess they're very intertwined because if government is forcing you on a religion uh, of which you mentioned the, the colonists were fighting back against the religion that was being imparted upon them in England, I'm not sure that I see that it's that much different in 2019 America. What do you think, David? No, I agree. And, and I'm glad you brought up the, the Jack Phillips Masterpiece Cake Shop decision. So I think something that's important about that decision that Justice Kennedy wrote in his opinion was that the uh, free exercise of religion and the fact that Congress can't establish religion does not mean that Congress must be actively hostile to religion. In fact, it means exactly the opposite. Uh, the thing that like the founders were concerned about was this use of state authority to uh, infringe upon the personal liberties of the people. And, of course, the way that affects property rights is, is very well connected to this. So this is basically you have, um, like in our case, we're representing the town of Taos, New Mexico. It's a small town in New Mexico that has its own cross memorial. And they received a letter from the Freedom From Religion Foundation. That's a, an atheist organization from Wisconsin. So you have these outsiders coming in, trying to use their interpretation of the Constitution to attack this community that really just wants to honor its legacy and honor its war dead. And it's really an offensive violation of the sort of local autonomy, the personal autonomy that Americans hold dear. Oh, we've got to talk about this whole thing in Taos because uh, uh, it's it's very important. Of course, the Supreme Court case is going to affect that. But as I was writing the promo for your segment here for the show, I thought something was very important that that these crosses were erected to honor uh, individuals who gave their last full measure for uh, for basically for our country. And I asked Steve on Friday as I was as writing this said. What's the opposite of honor? Isn't it disrespect? So if, if we no longer are going to honor them, then are we disrespecting them? So uh, keep that in, in mind right now, David. We're going to go to break. But before we do that, it's 2019. And what do you want to do with your future? You've worked hard. The kids may not want to continue with your business. And is it time to sell? Or perhaps you've recently retired from the military or corporate job and you want to create some cash flow for the future. And then it is time to buy a business, buy opportunity. Well, Chris Cantwell is a business broker with Transworld Business Advisors, and he buys and sells opportunity. Uh, Chris Cantwell is an advocate for entrepreneurship, the voluntary exchange of value between individuals, and the rights of business owners to thrive and flourish. Uh, Chris Cantwell knows that small businesses drive the economic engine of America. So reach out to Chris Cantwell for a complimentary consultation to find out how he can help you sell your business or buy your next opportunity. So check out Chris's website. It's CC, that's like Chris Cantwell, cccellscompanies.com. That's cccellscompanies.com. And let him know that you know the AmeriChicks. We'll be right back talking with David McDonald with Mountain States Legal Foundation and the Memorial Cross in Taos, New Mexico. 
Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The Americhicks, Molly & Kim, recommend Predovich & Company as your financial business consultants. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Are you looking for news, not propaganda? Ready for a news source you can actually trust? How about a news site that doesn't want to sell you a subscription? Visit CompleteColorado.com to see all the latest news from around Colorado. Complete Colorado's staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in our great state. Updated three times a day, CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do as well as opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And CompleteColorado.com is the only place to read columnist Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete source for Colorado news. I got a woman. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks. I'm Kim Munson, we, and we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure to check out our website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for our emails. We are the AmeriChicks at Facebook and Twitter. And uh, as you are looking at our website, be sure and sign up for our Vino and Veritas Federalist Papers Book Club that's starting on January 28th. Uh, Dr. Tom Cranawitter has put together an amazing syllabus. You don't need to read anything before this first uh, this first meeting. It is going to be awesome. We need to get our brains around these ideas. And uh, well, speaking of the Federalist Papers, the, uh, which made the case for the Constitution, Act Two Reforms uh, has a real love of the con- uh, Constitution, and uh, they put together a blueprint to adjust the division of power in Washington, D.C. for a more fair, disciplined, open and transparent government, regardless of the political party that's in power. Act Two Reforms is part of the Article 5 Convention of the States movement. They're located right here in Colorado, and they've got five ideas to rein in this this crazy government that we have going on right now. First of all, they suggest that we enforce the rule of law on all federal employees, that we give Congress a quick tool to uh, block new regulations, uh, apply term limits on Congress and the judiciary, uh, make Congress account for all the claims on the federal budget, duh, and suggest we sharply reduce the power of money and influence in Washington, D.C. So if you think that that's a good idea, check out act2blueprint.org. That's act2blueprint.org. Every one of us needs to do one thing every day to make sure that we're a good citizen, and so that may be a good spot to do that. I uh, want to jump right back in here with David McDonald. He is an attorney with Mountain State's Legal Foundation, uh, and you, uh, Mountain State's Legal Foundation uh, filed an amicus brief regarding this case uh, of the uh, cross back in Bladensburg, Maryland, but you mentioned Taos, New Mexico. And as we were preparing, David, you also mentioned the Bataan Death March. So explain Taos's cross so that uh, our, our listeners can understand what's going on down there. Right. So we are representing, like, like you said, the Taos, town of Taos, New Mexico, the small art colony in New Mexico. It's famous for its artistic community in the historic Pueblo. Um, the town of Taos really has a special and unique relationship with 
um, the horrible Baton Death March, um, which your listeners may know about. If they don't, this was uh, hours after the attack on Pearl Harbor. Uh, Japanese Empire attacked American positions and the Filipino allies in the Philippines. Now, the men of the 200th Coastal Artillery Regiment from New Mexico's New Mexico National Guard, they were stationed in the Philippines uh, because they were largely Hispanic, so they, a lot of them spoke Spanish, and they were really the first line of defense. Uh, they were the, some of the first Americans uh, to engage with the Japanese Army in World War II. Uh, they were the first to sustain casualties in the Pacific Theater after those at Pearl Harbor. And wow. what happened, yeah, so... You had these men who were fighting. This is, if anyone recalls the, the Battle of the Philippines, this is the worst American uh, military defeat in history. And these brave men spent three months fighting a delaying action against wow. more and more waves of Japanese troops until finally uh, General Sharp had to surrender the last of the garrison um, in April or in May, uh, to, in order to cover General MacArthur's retreat to Australia. Now, when uh, he surrendered the troops, 60 to 80,000 American and Filipino troops mm-hmm. were taken captive mm-hmm. by the Japanese. And they were taken on a 65-mile forced march uh, to, the, to the concentration camp where they would be held. During the march, they were randomly and arbitrarily uh, taken for torturing and execution. Anyone who couldn't keep up was executed. Um, the soldiers from Taos and the other soldiers from New Mexico were actually singled out for especially harsh treatment because Japanese forces were frustrated. They couldn't tell the difference between them and the Filipino soldiers. So by the time they get to their destination, anywhere from eight to 25,000, depending on your estimates, soldiers died along the way, uh, while the rest were forced to live in a squalid condition, tortured, and forced into slave labor for another two and a half years before they were freed at the end of the war. And of the 64 men from Taos County who went off to fight, uh, only about half of them ever even returned home. So the town of Taos erected a cross uh, to in honor, in respect of uh, these young men who lost their lives in World War II. When did they erect yes, this yes. cross? Uh, it was finally erected in 1960. After a few years of uh, grieving war mothers, they, the group of them got together. They raised entirely private donations and funds until finally in 1960 they erected uh, the cross memorial in, in the town plaza in memory of those, those 60, of 64 men who went out to fight and those that didn't come home. Um, later, it was rededicated in 1995 to honor as well as those soldiers, the rest of the New Mexico soldiers who fought in the war. You know, David, uh, the opposite of honor is disrespect. And uh, if, if we take down these crosses, I mean, we have seen, seen amazing, I mean, astonishing things, not amazing, astonishing things happen in America where we've seen statues pulled down, uh, really going at the fabric of our history. And the history of a country, the history of an individual, nothing is perfect in it. But if you don't look back, if you don't understand your history, you can't make good decisions going forward. 
And so this cross, uh, so many of our children do not know about World War II, and, and that is one of the projects that, that we've been working on. And, uh, in fact, we've interviewed over 100 World War II veterans, and uh, I've learned a lot about the Bataan Death March. You cannot believe how awful the conditions were. They, they were actually run over, uh, our, our prisoners. They looked at our our American soldiers as less than human. And that is a very dangerous thing when that happens, when one individual looks at a group of individuals as less than human. What happens is, is we have World War II. But here's this little town uh, in New Mexico that sent 64 of their young men off and only half of them returned. And what a wonderful thing to erect a cross to honor that. We only have about three minutes. But first of all, thank you to you and Mountain States Legal Foundation for stepping up for the fight on this. Because this is, I think, a fight for the fabric of who we are as Americans and our, our, our identity. So, um, you know, talk just a little bit more about your, your final thoughts on what's going to happen here. Thank you for those kind words, and thank you for the work that you've done in telling the stories of veterans. Uh, but like you said, this is uh, really about remembering the sacrifices these men made. And the reason why we use crosses, the same reason why we have the crosses at Arlington National Cemetery, or the reason why we have crosses at the side of the road um, when like highway patrolmen are killed, uh, one of the reasons why we do that is because the cross is one of the only universal symbols that we all know, regardless of your own personal belief. We all know what it means. And especially in this day and age of fractured media landscapes and of partisanship, we really have precious few of those symbols left. And when you have organizations, especially organizations of outsiders, coming in and trying to tell communities of Americans that you can't honor your past the way that you think is most appropriate. You can't honor your war dead in the way you think best lives up to their sacrifice. Uh, that's really a sign that something's gone wrong in the way we look at our rights here in America. Boy, I hadn't thought about it that way, that these American Humanist Society and all they're saying, you can't honor those that have sacrificed everything so that we can live in freedom. You can't honor them. Oh, my gosh, that is a horrible, horrible message. And we, we, we can't be asleep about this anymore. We have been asleep, I think, uh, David. We've, we've just good, well-meaning people. We've just let this stuff happen. So we can't be asleep anymore. We've got to take a stand. And we also have to know our history. And so when, when folks are in Taos and look at that cross and they're with their, their children and their grandchildren, you need to know the story so that you can explain that to our kids. But... But most definitely taking a stand. Thank you so much, David McDonald. Keep us informed on what's going on. Right, will do. Thank you for having me. And more information. Let's see. What is your website, David? Oh, you can reach us. We're at mountainstateslegal.com or mountainstateslegal.org. I forget which one it is. I think they both work. Okay. Uh, you can see all the great work we're doing. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, uh, all your social media. Okay, fantastic. Thanks, David. And uh, you have a great right, thank week. You. And uh, a positive thought for today is uh, I think we need to make sure we have 24 hours in a day and we need to spend them well. So read great books, think great thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and in the words of Superman, 
Strive for Truth, Justice, and the American Way. Our uh, quote for today is from Daniel Webster. He was an American statesman. He represented New Hampshire and Massachusetts in Congress and served as the United States Secretary of State under Presidents William Henry Harrison, John Tyler, and Millard, Millard Fillmore. He says, let us not forget the religious character of our origin. Our fathers were brought here by their high veneration for the Christian religion. They journeyed by its light and labored in its hope. They sought to incorporate its principles with the elements of their society and to diffuse its influence through all their institutions, civil, political, and literary. Let us uh, cherish these sentiments and extend this influence still more widely in the full conviction that this is the happiest society which partakes in the highest degree of the mild and peaceable spirit of Christianity. That's Daniel Webster. He lived from 1782 to 1852, one of our our great statesmen here in America. This is the AmeriChicks. We're signing off. Tomorrow's going to be a fascinating show. We'll be talking with Jerome Corsi regarding Mueller's witch hunt. So you'll want to tune in for that. Uh, We are the AmeriChicks. Uh, God bless you. God bless America. Through the rain and lightning, wandering.